Welcome to the 50th episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. Yes, it's the 50th show and we've got a right treat for you. We'll be talking all about Disney. Movies, TV shows, silly symphonies, songs, the absolute lot. And we'll be giving Disney the top five treatment. That's right, top five shows, songs and movies. And by celebrating the 50th show, producer Paul and I will be ranking our favourite and least favourite shows that we've covered throughout this past year. This should be fun. So, let's get started. And joining me for this wonderful, marvellous moment is producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Congratulations. Congratulations on the 50th episode. I can't believe we got here. Um, it's, it's been like, uh, I just remember from the concept, it's been amazing, man. I'm really, really, really pleased it's, it's got this far. Absolutely. I'm, I'm feeling the same. There were times, days, moments where I thought, what's the point? Shall I carry on? Shall I do this? Shall I do that? But uh, yeah, here we are. 50 not out. 50 not out, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been a, a decent knock. But I think there's still so much more to be done and there's still, I think, loads more to accomplish. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you start it and you realise that this is like a kind of like bottomless pit of, of treasure, you know, like it's been, it's been, it's been quite cool. Yeah, that's, that's, and, and the crazy thing is, is trying to convince people of that. Yeah. Especially naysayers and people who are just like, buzzing in my ear talking that bull jive it's like oh are you sure you should do a show every week you might run out of stuff to talk about and it's like no i won't ever run out of stuff to talk about ever well it's been over a year and 50 episodes later and we're still going strong so i mean there's still loads more that we haven't done I think you were asking about Rugrats. It's like, we haven't done Rugrats yet. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, we're just like, we haven't done Recess yet. We haven't done like some of the main shows yet. So, and we've, we've, we've not done so much. And I want to do as much from different countries as possible. Yeah. I think it's unfortunate that none of us speak French because I would have, I would love to, to, to have a go at doing some French TV shows. I want to see if there's a French Grange Hill or a or a German Pepperan or an Italian what's her name Penny Crayon. <laughs> I mean, we could w- you know watch I mean? them, but we wouldn't understand a thing that's going on. But maybe that's the beauty of cartoons. Maybe they are go do go international. You don't. I was watching actually accidentally. My um, son put on um, Spanish Pepper Pig, and I was like. This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, and also, yeah, thank you for listening to Yesterday's Capers. This is uh, all for you. I I do this all for for you people. So um, I think Singapore was uh, the latest new country. Really? Yeah. Do love a bit of Singapore. Yes, thank you to uh, people listening in Singapore. I I appreciate all you are. I don't think I don't think I said thank you to people in Nepal because I know 
we got a couple of downloads in uh, Nepal, so... Uh, As they're probably walking up Mount Everest, right? It's just, ah, oh, stick on. This is escapers to listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My boring droning voice will, like, make people turn around on Everest. <laughs> no! Get it off! Or, or, or it'll make them reach the summit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> if I reach the summit quicker, now I don't have to hear his boring-ass voice. Right, so... What, 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 shall we, I, I have no idea, right? Where, where, where should we start this? Shall we start with, um, Disney? Like just have a good old natter about Disney or do we want to do the top fives? Um, do you know what? I think it's worth, as we're still on the 50th episode, I think it's worth going for top fives first. What do you think? Okay. Yes. You want to, you want to do the top fives? I'll, I'll, I'll let you produce. Producer Paul. Oh so my god! Produced. Right, okay. What are we doing first? So, we're doing top fives, are we? Yeah, we're doing top fives. Uh, okay, so I wanted to start then with the top five new shows that we've covered that you've never heard of, starting from five and going down to one. Um. Right. Okay. So from five was um. And obviously, this is a show that you've never heard of. Yeah. We've done on Yesterday's Capers that you loved with all your heart. Right, yeah. Jack Hanna's Animal Adventures comes in at number five. Um, coming in at number four was Bertha. Lovely Bertha. Uh, Joshua Jones is at three. The Good Times at number two. And at number one, Family Nest. <laughs> I kind of expected Family Nest to be your number one, but I've kind of seen you've gone for like a strong, um, was it stop motion? Yeah, I think I, I, it has a place in my heart that I just think that I can't, I can't get it out. Okay, so my top five new shows. So in at number five was Family Matters. So that's one with uh, I, Stephen Urkel and... Did I do that? Yeah, I, I did see that on the list. I was like, that's definitely making it. <laughs> Number four, Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. I, I mean, in terms of a new show that struck a chord with me, it was so much fun. Number three, Schoolhouse Rock. I learned so much from Schoolhouse Rock in those few minutes. I can't get Mr. the tale of Mr. Morton out of my head. <laughs> Mr. Morton was the subject of the story and what the predicate says he does. I will never, ever forget the subject and the predicate in English grammar ever again. <laughs> what if you'll ever need Morton it again? The subject and what he does is the predicate. So if Mr. Morton is going for a walk, the subject is Mr. Morton, and the predicate is that he's going for a walk. <laughs> it's it's so cool. Yeah, I think and, it, um, it was on my. It was, I think it got pushed off the list for me. So it's your honourable mention. It's on my honourable mention. Yeah. Number two was Sailor Moon. Yeah, I, I thought that was outstanding. I really enjoyed Sailor Moon. Yeah, another one of mine that got pushed off the list. An honourable mention. Yeah. So you do have honourable mentions then? Yeah, I do. But I didn't write them down, so I'm going to just jump on yours when I find them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Sailor Moon, like, because obviously when I started the pod and telling people, oh, hey, I'm going to do a podcast about old school cartoons, and then someone goes, oh, are you going to do Sailor Moon? And I'm like, what the hell is Sailor Moon? And people are like to me, are you crazy? 
how do you not know Sailor Moon? It's one of the biggest cartoons in the history of ever. And once I watched it, I kind of realized, okay, maybe maybe it is. It's it lived up to the hype. It was incredibly fun. And number one for new shows was Degrassi from last week. Uh, another one of mine that I was like, oh, I, I, I love it, but there was a few more that just made it ahead. Yeah. You know, I actually did like the theme song after listening to it like 15 times in post. This show was brilliant. The storylines were great. Everything about it was, was, was so good. Absolutely loved Degrassi. It had Drake in it. So... Come on, it's got Drake, and we finally found a good Canadian show. And my honourable mentions were the Hughleys, or the Hughleys, as we say here in the UK. Also, Good Times, not The Good Times. But I like that you put that in your top. It's a very, very good show. Living Single was my other honourable mention. Yeah, I mean, I'm not allowed any more honourable mentions, but Julia was on the list as well. Oh, Julia! Okay, um, Dante, Dante Lee, and his dad were talking about Julia. Really? How he was saying that he grew up watching Julia. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I all but not all but forgot about it. But it was just, you know, we've covered so many shows, and I was like, do you know, when we even when we go back through the shows, I'm like, wow, we did that show. I forgot about it. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I tried to like scroll all the way down the list and try and pick new shows that I genuinely hadn't heard of and we're doing for the very first time. I think Static Shock was desperately unlucky not to make my list at all. Yeah. That was a an excellent cartoon. Okay, so let's uh, do the, the negatives. What are your top five bad shows? I'm well, looking forward to this one. Okay, in no particular order. Because... In no particular order. You have to. Oh, okay. Rank it. All right, okay. Rank it. In number five, Angela Anaconda. Okay. Straight up. Um, S Club 7, number four. Johnny Quest at number three. Wow. Barney at number two. And Josie and the Pussycats at number one. <laughs> you better put respect on Hannah and Barbera's name. Excuse you? Josie and the Pussycats wasn't Hannah and Barbera, was it? Yes, it was. They did the cartoons. Um, yeah, Excuse so, you? Josie and the Pussycats, definitely, because I remember how much you loved it and how much I hated it. Why did you hate it, though? Explain yourself. I, I couldn't get over the fact... Well, first of all, they're a band, and they're, but they're also like a crime-fighting thing. And also... Yeah. And, and also, it was like, they look like this Gooby-Doo lot. That's, that's, that's not their fault. Remember, Josie and the Pussycats was a comic, and it was sold to Hannah and Barbera to make into cartoons. They just probably thought, okay, we're gonna do that with uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's made my top worst list. Um, maybe it can swap places with Johnny Quest, but it's not going further down than that. Johnny Quest wasn't that bad, was it? It was atrocious. I think you really liked it, and I I, I didn't really like it. I'm saying that it wasn't that bad. I just, I yeah, I think it was almost everything about Johnny Quest I hated. I remember dragging my way through those episodes. <laughs> Man, okay, right, let me do my top five bad shows. Okay, so in at number five is Off the Wall. Kind of uh kind of sucks that I have to put a Disney show in the top five, but uh Off the Wall was just not good. To me to you was number four. 
Number three was Zabumafu. <laughs> didn't, yeah, I didn't really have time for this. I think this was a Canadian show as well. Yeah, I think it was so annoying that it was almost a little bit... <clears throat> it didn't make the list because it was like a little no, bit. No, 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 no. It was bad, bad, bad. Okay, and number two was Angela Anaconda. Yeah. Awful yeah. show. Yeah, I hated awful, it. Awful, awful, awful. And it shouldn't come as a surprise, but the number one worst show that we have done on yesterday's capers is the biker mice from mars you're allowed to mention it this time yes because it was awful like i don't really want to have to say bad things about cartoons because obviously this is our thing this is my trade i have to i have to love these things that we're doing and I have to have some kind of love for them. But this show was everything about Biker Mice from Mars. It was just, it stunk to high heaven in every conceivable way. Yeah. I think it was like, for me, that was, it carried a lot of nostalgia in it. I had all the toys and stuff like that. And I remember the little triangle helmets you put on their head of the motorbikes and stuff. So for me, I think it carried way too much nostalgia to be that bad, if you see what I mean. You must have been the only person. <laughs> me and my brother. Had them. Yeah, you and your brother. Okay, so we're going to move on now to theme songs. What are your top five theme songs of shows that we have covered? Okay, there's one I couldn't split. So I've got two. As I've got a top five but one of them's two tied at number five tied at number five is tots tv and rosie and jim now you try and you try and split between those two because that is too hard rosie and jim all right okay so rosie and jim comes at number five tots tv is is an honorable mention that's better ways anyone to do it four postman pat of course um three ducktales and a very, very tricky one is at number two, Sweet Valley High. <laughs> and at number one, Family Ness. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, man. My, my honorable mentions for this one was exponential. Okay, so my top five. So in at number five was Keenan and Kel. Number four was The Family Nest. Number three was Sailor Moon. Number two was DuckTales. Oh. And in at number one, Bertha. Oh, okay. Lovely Bertha. You are a, you are a lovely machine. And anyone who works with you will know just what, what I mean. mean. Whoa, Bertha, lovely Bertha. Sometimes I think you're a dream. And when we find out what we're meant to do, you can always turn the goods out, always turn the goods out. We can depend upon you. And my honorable mentions the Snorks. <gasps> oh, damn, Snorks. Sweet Valley High, of course. I'm very surprised it didn't make your top five. I was tempted, but I the top five that I had, I couldn't get rid of um, the, the top five that I had. Okie doke was another one of my... That was uh, an honourable mention for me as well. Oh, man. So good, so good, so good. 
Okay, so this is now the top five best shows that we have covered. Right, top five. Poddington Peace, short and sweet, and it was like a great little bit of fun. Moomin, bearing in mind some some shows, I didn't count shows that I'd heard of because they didn't make the not heard of list, so I couldn't put them on the favourite shows, right? <clears throat> so there's a lot of shows that were great, but they couldn't, they didn't fall into this category. So if I'd heard of them, they were in this category. If I hadn't, they, they weren't, if you see what I mean. So there are, there are a lot missing off this list. Right, so Pollington Peas at number five. Four, the Moomins. Three, Hey Arnold. It, even though I did give it a bit of a slating, I um, still it's still one of the best cartoons ever made ever. Um, two, Home Improvement, and I, I honestly I love that show so much. And then and at five uh, was and it is I think it was a list of so it was number one, and I'm pretty sure it's Chris's number one as well, and probably your number one as well. But Top Cat. You'll be shocked that top five didn't make the top five at all, or at the honourable mentions. No. So my top five was, as told by Ginger, number five. Yeah, that was an outstanding cartoon. Yeah, again, so I, I, ha- good. I hadn't heard of it, so it couldn't make this list for me. Yep. Number four was Ducktales. I think the old DuckTales is good. I think the new DuckTales is good. I think they've managed to continue the story really well. The episode where they meet their mum is a real tearjerker. So I suggest some of you, yeah, go out your way and see that. My number three is The Wonder Years. Number two is Grange Hill. I mean, this this show that just has so much history and so much for me growing up and some of the stuff that they talked about and covered was amazing and yeah Grain Chill has to be number two and my number one of the shows that we've done is Hey Arnold yep solid number one and my honourable mentions are Bertha The Tribe oh The Tribe yeah again I didn't heard of it but yeah and The Moomins was my honourable mention again Moomins was very unlucky not to make the top five was thinking as told by ginger or the moomins either one of those so yeah those are the top five shows that we have done we'll save the top five disney stuff for later so yeah i mean i'm i'm really happy with that list i'm really happy that you had a comprehensive list i mean i do think putting to peas is a waste though yeah i mean it was what a waste of a pick no, I th- Poddington Peas made your top five. Yeah, it was a really short episode. They all had like a little thing, and it was like, and like I said, there was a lot that didn't qualify for my list. So there's loads of shows that we've done on yesterday's capers that I had never heard of, and they were absolutely fantastic. But because they didn't put them on your list, you're allowed. No, because for for me, I didn't. They didn't make the list because they didn't go on the. Because... No, but if you genuinely like them and they're the, one of the best shows that we've done, in your opinion, then you can put that in your top five. Uh, I'll have to find. I have to do some more research then. Because... The Poddington Peas. I mean, it, it was a great show. I tell you what, though. I tell you what. If we make it to a hundred, yeah. What we'll do is we'll do the top five thing again, and if there's any changes and any adjustments, we can make them. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Right, let's let's get to uh let's get down to brass tacks. 
and let's talk about what we're here to talk about, and that is Disney. Yes, so this is the company that was started up by Walter Elias Disney, or Walt Disney. And he was born on the 5th of December, 1901, in Chicago's Hermosa neighborhood. He enrolled at McKinley High School and became the cartoonist of the school newspaper, drawing patriotic pictures about World War I. He also took night courses at the Chicago Academy of Fine Arts. And in mid-1918, he attempted to join the United States Army to fight against the Germans, but he was rejected for being too young. After the war, he opened a new business with a co-worker from the film ADCO, Fred Harmon. And their main client was the local Newman Theatre. And they produced short cartoons. And they were sold as Newman's Laughograms. And Disney studied Paul Terry's Aesop Fable as a model. And the first six Laughograms were modernized fairy tales. And from then on, Disney developed Mickey Mouse, who was possibly inspired by a pet mouse that Disney had adopted while working in his Laughograms studio. Disney's original choice of name was Mortimer Mouse, but Lillian thought it was too pompous and suggested Mickey instead. And I think, yeah, Lillian Ewerks revised Disney's provisional sketches to make the character easier to animate. And Disney provided Mickey's voice until 1947. And Mickey Mouse first appeared in May 1928 as a single test screening of the short plane of the short plane crazy. But it and the second feature, the Galloping Gaucho, failed to find a distributor. And following the 1927 sensation, the jazz singer, Disney used synchronized sound on the third short and created the first post-produced sound cartoon or Steamboat Willie. Now, quickly, let's talk about Steamboat Willie because I, I think you said you watched it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't really get what the purpose of it was. Um, I, I think that he was, as far as I looked at it, he was kind of like a, like a pest mouse, like Jerry, right? And it, it was just, and the, the Steamboat Willie, is that the... the it's got to be your man, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be your man. He's got to be Willie. So it had a very... It was very Tom and Jerry to begin with, wasn't it? Like, Was it? Yeah, isn't it felt like that... Um, do you know, like, Jerry's a bit of a pain and then Tom tries to kick his head in sort of thing? And... No, but I thought it was that Mickey was uh, a mate on the ship. Like, he was meant to be, like, doing his job, but there he is, like, doing his little... One thing I'll say, I love his dance so much. <laughs> yeah. Mickey Mouse has a certain dance where he's like he's he's all like crouched down with the hips moving and he's like going basically slacking off and then old Willie comes in and he's like to Mickey, you better get your ass to work. That's a good chat. And so I think that's what it was, as opposed to him being the annoying annoying little mouse but he was an annoying little mouse though wasn't he even for like he was always up to mischief no i liked mickey mouse i i actually throughout the whole disney thing that we're gonna talk about i i really liked mickey i thought i thought he was a great great character 
And obviously we meet Minnie Mouse in this episode too. Yep, she gets picked up yeah. with a little crane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so stupid. You're just grabbing her by her dress. Yeah. And just like just yonking her on onto the ship. And then in the end, the, the boss is like, right, go and cut up potatoes. And he got the parrot going, throws a potato and he just falls <laughs> off. Straight the in the water. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Yes, that was Steamboat Willie. And after the animation was complete, Disney signed a contract with the former exec of Universal Pictures, Pat Powers, to use the Powers Cinephone recording system. And Cinephone became the new distributor for Disney's early sound cartoons, which soon became popular. And by 1934, Disney had become dissatisfied with producing formulaic cartoon shorts and believed a feature-length cartoon would be more profitable. So the studio began a four-year production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs based on the fairy tale. Who wrote Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Is it Grimm's? I'm thinking it might be a Grimm's fairy tale, but I'm not Brothers sure. Grimm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was a... Oh, Grimm's fairy tale. Oh, got that right. So, um, yeah. And so, yeah, they went on to make the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And when the news leaked out about the project, many in the film industry predicted it would bankrupt the company. Industry, industry insiders nicknamed it Disney's Folly. Now, do you want to talk about Snow White? Do you ever remember watching it? Yeah, I definitely watched it as a, as a kid. Um, the, I mean, it's one of those really... Everyone, I think everyone remembers Snow White as quite a really nice cartoon, really pleasant, the dwarves and things like that. But it's quite a dark cartoon. Mm, the evil stepmother, she's that bee. Yeah. She's like, <clears throat> she's one of them like, ooh. Most of what I remember from um, Snow White is now probably going to come from the Harlem Globetrotters episode I watched. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean... Whistle while you work. I didn't know it came from this film. And uh, um, it's off to work we go as well. Hi ho, hi ho, it's off to work we go. I, I went and watched it. I'll tell you something. If I was sitting in post with Disney, I'd have shaved off about half an hour of this film. <laughs> there was so much pointless, just just there for the hell of it like for example right it starts you know with the normal right disney i mean with snow white i'm a pretty little snow white and then the evil stepmother going to the big burly guy you, you better take her to the forest and you 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 better kill her and i like that oh you better bring her heart and put it in this jar and it's a jar like made of a, a heart shape yeah not knowing that the shape of a heart isn't that and so and then he's like, ah, oh, he's back to kill her. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I can't do this. So he's like to her, run, 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 run. And so she's into, runs deep into the forest. She has a bit of a panic attack, like Pingu did when the telephones were ringing. <laughs> so she's just on the floor going, oh, this is too much, this is too much. And then she basically finds some animals. And so her and the animals go and they clean up the house. And she's singing the Whistle While You Work song. So they clean up the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, make it spick and span. And by the time the dwarfs come, I like that the animals look out for themselves. The animals scarpered and left Snow White in the house. Because they know there could be dinner otherwise. 
But what a horse and a squirrel. There's a bit where where Snow White obviously she knows the seven dwarves. The seven dwarves know her, and then there's like a at least 20, 30 minute of just nothing happening. Yeah. Until the evil stepmom catches up with Snow White and gives her the apple to eat. There is so much. And also, right, the prince is a creep. He is a creep. Because basically she's singing, right? This is at the beginning of the film. She's singing, going, la, 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 la. And he can hear from the big fence. And you know what he does? My man climbs over the fence and he basically wants to join in and doing some harmonies. I would have got the broom and been like, get the hell out of my house, fool. Yeah, can you imagine that happening now? That's not... uh, And she obviously... I'm like, good Snow White. She literally runs up to the house. Like, who the hell is this creep? I don't care if you're some fairy prince. You better fairy your way out of my house. (laughs) Your peeping Tom ass. Like, just jumping over the window. Like, it's... Like, it's a free place to come. Yeah, I, that's why I thought, yeah, I don't like this prince. And do you know what annoyed me as well about Snow White? Go on. The ending was so abrupt. I can't remember the ending. Obviously, it's a happy ever after, isn't it? She's, 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 she's kind of dead, but she ain't. And the dwarves thought she was so beautiful. They don't want to bury her. So what they did is they did some, like, fancy, bougie coffin where you can see her face. Somehow, even though she's dead, she doesn't rot. Because apparently she's been there for many, many years. Was it years? I think so. She'd been there for a minute. She'd been there for a minute. And so she's there. Everyone's all crying. This is so sad. This poor, beautiful girl. And so the prince, he hears through the grapevine that there's a, a princess laying in a tomb somewhere. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go see her and Gives her a kiss. She wakes up. She rises up in the sunset and it's over. Yeah, I mean, but that's how all fairy tales end, isn't it? Hey, I'm like watching her going, hey, what? You made me sit through that half an hour of nothing <laughs> to have that as an ending? I'd have walked out of the cinema <laughs> back in 37. I'd have walked out. In this, like, marvel the world has never been before. <laughs> You're like, popcorn every arm out. You you made me sit through half an hour of Snow White bantering with the dwarves, doing whatever the hell they were doing. I think I even dozed off for for like five ten minutes, <laughs> and she still hadn't met the evil stepmom and the apple. Just I was just looking at a picture, reminding myself of who the characters are: the evil stepmom, the witch, giving the apple. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, the the one thing that does my head in about the old. Disney cartoons is, and I know we spoke about this before. Was the uh, is the audio is like really bad, um, and obviously it's like what nearly a hundred years ago since this was made, um, but it's still like it's like um, it's quite sh- it's very shrill. I think is no, the word. No, it's not. I, I mean, you're you're an expert at this, so this is what you kind of do for your day job. So I think yeah, but I don't know. Like for me, the layman. I was watching it and it was fine. But I'm sure you could spot subtle differences from mono, stereo, technicolor. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, we, like I said, and to be honest, when I said it, I realized how just how bad it was when it's like nearly 100 years ago. But 
These are classics, though, aren't they? I mean, like, they are actual classics that you... I think before it's, before it's even like a book, I think it's probably now a Disney thing. And one thing I was thinking before, the world has changed that much that if you had... If you drew a cartoon mouse now, you wouldn't be able to make an empire of it. Disney made... Obviously, you can't do... You could you can do that. Like You and I, with a bit of research, could probably make a, an animated mouse, right? Um, within a week, we'd probably we could make a cartoon if we put our minds to it. But Disney created an empire, like literally an empire, on this little cartoon mouse, and I think that in itself is 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 incredible thing. Um, Knowing but, you, it'd be stop motion. <laughs> it'd be stop motion. I'd be the guy banging my fist. No, we're not moving on. We're not moving on, and then bankrupt the court next <laughs> next week. So yeah, more about Snow White. The film cost 1.5 million dollars to produce which was three times over the budget and to ensure the animation was as realistic as possible disney sent his animators on courses at the chuinard art institute he brought animals into the studio and hired actors so that the animators could study realistic movement and to portray the changing perspective of the background as a camera as a background moving through the scene, Disney's animators developed a multi-plane camera which allowed the drawings on pieces of glass to be set at various distances from the camera, creating an illusion of depth. And the glass could move to create the impression of a camera passing through the scene. Incredible. Man, this dude was innovative. Like this he's this we're talking about game changing game changing stuff. And Obviously, it premiered in December 1937 to high praise and critics from the audiences. And the film became the most successful motion picture of 1938. And by May 1939, its total gross of 6.5 million made it the most successful sound film made to that date. And the success of Snow White heralded one of the most productive eras for the studio. The Walt Disney Family Museum calls the following years the golden age of animation with work on Snow White finish. The studio began producing Pinocchio in 1938 and Fantasia in November of the same year. Both films were released in 1940 and neither performed well at the box office, partly because revenues from Europe had dropped following the start of World War II in 1939. So, just quickly on Pinocchio and Fantasia. Now, I've never seen Fantasia. I had to watch the Sorcerer's Apprentice um, bit where, um, obviously, it's Mickey Mouse playing the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Fantasia. He He's lazy and he doesn't want to do his chores, so he, gets, he casts a spell to do it and the spell goes out of hand. I think it's a very, very famous um, uh, moment and the, the tune, like, bum, ba-dum, ba-da-da-da-dum, ba-dum. And it's that ah, it's in my head now, and I uh, yeah. But um, I liked Pinocchio, so obviously, due to some uh, war business, it kind of uh, ruined the money for Pinocchio. But Pinocchio was a decent little film, I thought. Yeah, I think Pinocchio is one of those little, another one of those golden films that everyone has this. Not moment, everyone, but most people would have this kind of like. Uh, very look through very rose-colored glasses, uh, and rightly so. I think it's a nice little film and very good morals to the story. Just quickly on 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 Disney, I've got, I've got to give credit to um, Shrek for reviving some of these characters as well, because like uh, 
<laughs> you know, from the fairy tales. It was it's everyone like I think everyone loves seeing those little. Um... I'm a good boy. <laughs> yeah, and this um, <laughs> and this is it Shrek two? Is that I'm a real boy? And then he gets turned into a puppet again. Um, but yes. Anyway, yeah, I just want to say that's quite cool to see like fairy tale creatures. And so, obviously, at the end of the war, a lot of people were looking at Disney and thinking, is it worth the money? And so, what happened was Amadeo, Amadeo Giannini, who was uh, in charge of, I think, Bank of America, he was the chairman and founder of Bank of America. He had told his executives, and I quote, I've been watching the Disney's pictures quite closely because I knew we were lending them money far above the financial risk. They're good this year, they're good next year, and they're good the year after. You have to relax and give them time to market their product. And yeah, so Disney's production of short films decreased in the late 1940s, coinciding with increasing competition in the animation market from Warner Brothers and MGM. And in the early 1950, Disney produced Cinderella, his first studio animated feature in eight years. It was popular with critics and theater audiences, costing $2.2 million to produce, and it earned nearly $8 million in its first year. And Disney had been a heavy smoker since the First World War. He did not use cigarettes with filters and had smoked a pipe as a young man. In, 1950, in 1966, he was diagnosed with lung cancer and was treated with cobalt therapy. And in November, on November 30th, he felt unwell and was taken to the St. Joseph Hospital where on December 15th, 10 days after his 65th birthday, he died of a circulatory collapse caused by the cancer. And his remains were cremated two days later and his ashes interred at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. Before he died, one of the big projects that he was kind of was fixated on was the big Disney, Walt Disney Studios and the park. Big, yeah, the big park that 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 we have. And that was, yeah, that was like kind of his uh, thing that he, he wanted to do more than anything in the world. Disney's public persona was very different from his actual personality. Playwright Robert E. Sherwood described him as, and I quote, almost painfully shy, diffident, and self-depreciating. And according to his biographer, Richard Skakel, Disney hid his shy and insecure personality behind his public identity. And Kimball argues that Disney played the role of a bashful tycoon who was embarrassed in public and knew that he was doing so. And Disney acknowledged the facade and told a friend that, and I quote, I am not Walt Disney. I do a lot of things Walt Disney would not do. Walt Disney does not smoke. I smoke. Walt Disney does not drink. I drink. And the fact that he was a Republican in his later years might be down to that. Critic Otis Ferguson in The New Republic called the private Disney common and everyday not inaccessible, not in a foreign language, not suppressed or sponsored or anything, just Disney. Many of those with whom Disney worked commented that he gave his staff little encouragement due to his exceptionally high expectations. Norman recalls that when Disney said, that'll work, it was an indication of high praise. Instead of direct approval, Disney gave high-performing staff financial bonuses, 
or recommended certain individuals to others, expecting that his praise would be passed on. And I thought I would do a, a quick rundown of some of the Disney films that had come out. Obviously not all of them, but some of them. And these are probably some that I watched and liked as well. So obviously the first in 1937 was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. In the 1940s, we saw Pinocchio, Fantasia, Dumbo in 1941, and Bambi in 1942. Now, I also watched Bambi the the other day. Yeah. And again, it was... Um, hmm. I watched the intro sequence the other day to try and get my son into it. He was not interested. The intro sequence is about 20 minutes long, yes. I swear. Yeah, that's, that's another thing about Disney. Like, we get it. Like, he's flexing. When he's doing those long interests, he's flexing. I mean, back in the day, it was probably amazing to watch that, right? I thought Bambi's mum died in the beginning of the film. She dies when the hunters come. I can't remember. I think it's about two... Is it two-thirds? A third of the way through the Yeah, film? like, it was... She survived a winter, a summer, another winter, and no, She was alive for two summers. And then she got popped by uh, the man, or man, as they said. In in a it was it was like a drive by. Well, no, she the the hunters came right, and then they were hiding. No, no, it... no, she no, because the hunters come, and she's like to Bambi, run, no, 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 run, don't look back, just run, just keep running, don't worry about me, just keep running. And Bambi's obviously running, 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 and he goes into their hiding place, and he's like, oh, we made it, mum, we made it, we made it, and he's like, mum. Mother, and he's looking around, and then you got like the big stag, who surely has to be the baby daddy. Yeah, it's his dad, isn't it? I'll take the boy. And then she, and he goes, she won't be coming anymore, boy. <laughs> she dead. <laughs> I could have sworn we see the body. No, I'm pretty sure you're just thinking of the Lion King. No, I'm not thinking about the Lion King. Oh. Pinky and the Brain. That should have been one of my honourable mentions. Ah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Just for that Lion King parody. <laughs> Papa. Oh, God. <laughs> Could keep us in like, the most oh, saddest film and ever. And it's tigers. It's not, it's not like it's tigers. Oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off again. And he's like, I have to go home, Papa. And then, like, even... Oh my god! Oh, dude, I'm I've completely yeah. Anyway, so really, really sad moment in Bambi. We got to get it back, get it back on track, get the train back on track. So Bambi, really, really sad. Again, this was another thing I thought I could have shaved off half hour in post. Yeah, I think, like you said, they're probably just flexing. Like, they're probably one of the only animation stu- studios in the world that could do what they were doing. Like, the little April shower scene could have cut off about a minute of that. Yeah, actually, that's one thing about Disney films is the musicals, man. Like, they're all music. The music is sensational. No, it's good. It's good music. If it was, if it was rubbish, then I would have said it's rubbish. But, like, I, I, like I'm watching Bambi and it's like... Drip, drip, drop, little April shower. Do, 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 do. Drip, drip, drop, little April. And I'm like, okay. After, the, after like the fifth time they're going, 
I'm like, oh my god, okay, it's April, we get it, it's spring. Yeah, I mean, I see that just Move on. drives me crazy, like that burst into song thing. Like, but you know, it's good. It's, it's, I don't, I like most of the time, I don't mind it. Like, but move the story on now, it's spring. Oh, and another thing, Thumper. I could have thumped him. <laughs> I could have thumped that little, that little thing. I don't know what it was. Um, what was it? What was it? What was it? What was it? Uh, oh, Bambi's trying to get onto his feet, and there's Thumper going. <laughs> you can't stand up straight. <laughs> I would have, I would have thumped him to, into next week. Would have get, would have knocked him over with one of my uh, antlers. I haven't seen it for years, so I mean, I nearly watched it, but I didn't. And then obviously Thumper's mum is like, Thumper, what I tell you? If you don't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Which is, of course, a very classic, iconic line in all of uh, Disney. But no, Bambi was fine. Good stuff. The 1950s. So you had Cinderella, Treasure Island, Alice in Wonderland, Lady and the Tramp. And Sleeping Beauty, I should probably say the years. So Cinderella and Treasure Island both came out in 1950. Alice in Wonderland was 1951. 1955 was Lady and the Tramp. And Sleeping Beauty in 1959. And Davy Crockett had a whole bunch of films in the 50s. And the only reason why I know Davy Crockett is because I was watching Forrest Gump. And you know where he's sitting on the bench and the man's at to him, you don't own Bubba Gump, do you? And he's like, yeah. That's me. And it shows you the uh, Fortune magazine, isn't it? Yeah, no, no. And, and, he, and he's basically saying to the man, yeah, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's me. And he's like, I got more money than David Crockett. And he's like, no, that's definitely not you. And then he walks off going, ha, 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 you joker. And then he shows the lady. Oh, that's when he's on the cover of the Fortune magazine. Yeah. That's me on some magazine, blah, blah, blah. And that's all I know of David Crockett. 1960s. So there was 1961 was the 101 Dalmatians, which I was watching just before we recorded. Solid film. Oh, Roger is the one. Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. And I love how he's going upstairs and he's still singing a song and she's coming. And Anita's like, go away, you, like, you idiot. Get out of here. And he's like... And then he's upstairs and he's like banging his feet, going, Yes, and she's and she's going, like, keep quiet. Like, I've got her upstairs and, and whatnot, but oh, that song slaps. You're telling me you wouldn't mind, you're telling me you'll just sat there and be like, Oh, here comes another musical interlude and Corella Deville is being played. Um, no, I mean, it's, look, there are exceptions to the rule. It's not a blanket rule. 60 years on, that song still holds up. <laughs> if she doesn't scare you, no evil thing will. Also, 1961 was The Parent Trap, which I actually think is quite a fun little film. I've only seen the Lindsay Lohan version. Yeah, I've, I've seen the original and the Lindsay Lohan version. But I actually think it's a cute film, really fun nice little nice little disney film 1963 was the sword in the stone now 
I remember there was a scene where I thought Arthur is such a little heartbreaking asshole. Because I think Merlin turns him into a bug or something. And the ladybug catches feelings for Arthur the ladybug. And then Arthur just turns into human and she's like going off and she's like all heartbroken. It's it's it is like so. Oh, I watched that not long ago, but I didn't. I don't remember that bit. I remember it might not be not. It might be like a chipmunk or a tiny little rodent thing. And I think Merlin was kind of teaching him about love and heartbreak and things of that nature. So I think that's where that came from. 1964 saw Mary Poppins. Uh, okay, so Mary Poppins. I don't like Mary Poppins. It's too much for me on the musical level. But there's a film it's called... It's a musical! Yeah, but there's a film called Saving Mr. Banks. Now, that is incredible. It's about the making of Mary Poppins. It's a very modern film, but it's about it's about the making of Mary Poppins. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it, especially if you like Mary Poppins, but even if you don't. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins is one of those films where... I can't not hate it, and I can't not watch it if it's on TV. The uh, I, obviously the songs were in that film that I watched. So I know the songs and stuff like that, and it's nice to hear a bit of the songs in the movie. But just, uh, yeah, people breaking, especially like um, what's it called, live action films? Because obviously this was like proper live action, right? Um, Walt Disney didn't even want it to be an animation. He didn't want any animation in it. And there was that animation sequence with the penguins. And yeah, I don't know what it's from the film I watched, by the way. I mean, look, okay, the, the biggest glaring flaw was Dick Van Dyke and his horrible Cockney accent. But then, like I said, I didn't mind it in 101 Dalmatians. It was so bad in them. They're like, oh, come along, Oris. We, be- we better get in before the missus comes to get us. Yeah, yeah. And they're watching some stupid program called What's My Crime? <laughs> it's such a, 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 And I think the premise of the program is... So a criminal comes in and you have like three contestants and they have to guess what his crime is. And if they guess the correct crime, he goes free and he gets, <laughs> I love that. And, and, and the prize is he gets to spend some time in a lovely English seaside town. And so Horace and the other one, no, they didn't guess until he has to go back to jail. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, off, off. And they're like, oh, oh dear, Horace looks like he's got to go and do Her Majesty's bidding. I mean, that, going back to the thing. That sounds like it's. It sounds like quite a good game show, but not, like, <laughs> but not a good game show. What's my crime? Yeah, <laughs> what kind of a show is that? What's What's my crime? And he's got like some like typical English guy going, <coughs> good, "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to our uh, What's my crime?" And over here we have a uh, Percival Johnson, who is uh, doing His Majesty's bidding for uh, aggravated assault and. Uh, Actual bodily harm, but uh, yeah, that was uh, something, and of course, super kind of fragilistic, expialidocious, even though the sound of it is awfully quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you often sound precocious, super kind of fragilistic, expialidocious, which basically means I think, does it mean when you don't have anything to say? You say supercalifragilistic expialidocious. I don't, I wouldn't even know. I think that's what the uh. The whole uh, premise of that whole word is. I think you need to watch this film, Saving Mr. Banks. It's. I think you will really enjoy it. Yes, and also let's go fly a kite. That's a that's a lovely song. That is a nice song, actually. Yeah, let's go fly a kite. Up, 
to the highest heights. And then 1967 was The Jungle Book. That came out in 1967. That's another film that is it's good back in the day. It's not... The new the live action film sucked so badly. Oh, so you're saying that you, you don't think the Jungle Book held up then? No, not at all. Not the, the animated version? I don't like any of them, but um, I, there are a few that I, people that do like it. Bare Necessities and 1970s was The Aristocats came out in 1970. That's a good film. Man. That is a great film, yeah. It's a good film. I like The Aristocats. Thomas O'Malley, the Alley Cat. Ah, and 1971 was a film that's very, very close to my heart. Bedknobs and Broomsticks came out in 1971, starring a young Angela Lansbury. Solid film, solid film. Such a good film. Like I, Whenever it comes on telly, I'm sitting there and I'm singing along. Portobello Road, that whole sequence is superb. Love Portobello Road team. In the 1980s, there was The Fox and the Hound, which is an incredibly underrated Disney film. I love that film. Really underrated. It's one of my brother's favorite movies ever of Disney. It's a cracking, cracking film. 1989 was The Little Mermaid. Great film as well, I think. I think it's one of those, like, it's, I think traditionally probably considered quite a girly film but still still a great film i wasn't crazy about sebastian i'll have to say is he rastafarian like kind of yeah i didn't really like that the 1990s you had beauty oh, and the beast solid decade for disney taylor's oldest time you know what i you know what i i f's with gaston gaston is that guy i will not have anyone tell me he's the villain of beauty and the beast is bull because basically right if you think of like how beauty and the beast shapes up right you've got gaston and his sole purpose is to look after that town he hunts for that town he gets the food for them he gets the wood for them he basically keeps that town ticking over and basically there's a guy in a, a tower somewhere the beast he turned into the beast for a reason right he did some transgression somewhere down the line, and now he's confined to this castle forever and ever. And so Bella gets caught up in that. And so the beast says, you know what, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna kidnap someone against her will, and she's gonna stay in this castle forever. She was trespassing, to be fair. Yeah, she's trespassing. And so the beast gonna do beast gonna do what beast gonna do. Oh, I'm gonna grab her. There. I mean, he could have shot so her. And so her dad is like to Gaston, look, please, I beg you, save her. I don't know what's gonna happen. This is some crazy, crazy ish. And so Gaston's like, fine, I will, I will save your daughter if you promise me her hand in marriage. And back in the day, that's how it used to be. There's not none of this, oh, I want to meet this person and I want to talk to them and I want to do this. It, they, they didn't do it like that back in the day. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think, I th I think what you're coming from a very controversial viewpoint. <laughs> well, yeah, I've, I've had many arguments with so many people. How could you say that about Gaston? Gaston is a pig. Gaston is this. Gaston is this. And also in the 90s, we had 
the the Lion King, 1994. 1994. Pocahontas in 95. Toy Story also in 95. Mulan in 1998. A Bug's Life also came out in 1998, but I think the Bug's Life is awful. That w- uh, yeah, but that was Disney's answer to Ants, wasn't it? And let's face it, it was a massive flop. Ants was absolutely fantastic, and A Bug's Life was was. Um, Thank you. Was Ants rubbish. is a good film. Ants is amazing Ants is, film. Ants is awesome. I love Ants. Great film. Ants is the. I've watched it a few times. I mean, it's got Sylvester Stallone in it, isn't it? It's got Sylvester J Lo. It's got like a big old cast. And two thousands, we had The Incredibles in two thousand and four. It's one of those films where you think it's going to be a bad... I thought it was going to be bad and it was amazing. I thought it was okay at best. Uh, Wall-E, 2008. <sighs> Just incredible. Really good film. Just incredible. Really good film. I, I liked Wall-E. Up in 2009. Great another film. awesome film. Brave eh. came out in 2012, so this is 2010s. Average. Frozen. In 2013, yeah, I didn't like Brave. I watched Brave. I wasn't crazy about it. It was a good idea. Yeah, having the girl being strong and brave, and she's gonna break stereotypes. But I didn't like yeah, it. I, I didn't uh, like it. Yeah, I, I thought, yeah, nah, not for me. And uh, Inside Out that, in 2015. Oh my god, Inside Out. 2006 was Moana, which I watched and I kind of liked it. Yeah, I got good reviews. I've never seen it. I've seen a little bit of it somewhere where she's on a raft or something. She goes away. It's a good little film. The soundtrack was was cute as well. Uh, A Wrinkle in Time was a special mention, I want to say. That is a fantastic Disney film. I never heard of it. It really, really is. Wrinkle in Time. Go out of your way to watch it if you haven't. And in the American Dictionary of National Biography, Langer writes, Disney remains the central figure in the history of animation through technological innovations and alliances with governments and corporations. He transformed a minor studio in a marginal form of communication into a multinational leisure industry giant. Despite his critics, his vision of a modern corporate utopia as an extension of traditional American values has possibly gained greater currency in the years after his death. Now, one of the projects that I wanted to talk about of Disney was Silly Symphonies. So this was a series of 75 animated musical short films produced by Walt Disney Productions from 1929 to 1939. And as their name implies, the Silly Symphonies were originally intended as whimsical accompaniments to pieces of music. As such, The films usually had independent continuity and did not feature continuing characters, unlike the Mickey Mouse shorts produced by Disney at the same time. And the series is notable for its innovation with Technicolor and the multiplane motion picture camera, as well as the introduction of the character Donald Duck, making his first appearance in the Silly Symphony cartoon The Wise Little Hen in 1934, and Silly Symphonies won seven Academy Awards for Best Animated Short Films, maintaining a six-year hold on the category after it was first introduced. And this record was matched only by Tom and Jerry. So they'd won Silly Symph- they won the award for The Ugly Duckling, The Country Cousin, Three Orphan Kittens, The Tortoise and the Hare, Three Little Pigs, 
Flowers and Trees and The Old Mill. Now, did you manage to watch some Silly Symphonies? Um, well, honestly, looking at this list, I think I'd watch The Ugly Duckling and The Skeleton One. To this day, no word of a lie. The skeleton dance still scares the hell out of me. It is properly freaky, isn't it? But it's but the animation and the and the uh, and the things are really, really like they're fantastic, and the sound the sounds are, 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 are brilliant. Um, and this was what nineteen twenty nine when it came out, and you know the bit where the skeleton goes right into the camera every time. I always like go <gasps> like I I take a step back. That's how crazy and scary it get. Like, I remember seeing it as a kid for the first time. I was so scared. <laughs> and then they start doing some weird dancing and everything about the skeleton dance. Just, yeah. Yeah, I think it's in a graveyard as well. And it's like, uh, it's, yeah, it is, it is quite, um, it's quite freaky, but it is very, very good as well. But um, with the Ugly Duckling one, so basically it's... Uh, it's an age-old tale, right? So Well, yeah, it's a story, of, it's basically a story of the Ugly Duckling. So Mother Hen, she um, gives birth to chicks. They're all, like, popping out, and she's leaving, going, oh, okay, you're born, right, let's see if we can uh, sort you out some food. But then she hears another egg. Oh, and, and, and they're all going, tweet, 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 tweet. And so this other one comes out, and she's looking at like, oh, what the hell is this? And he's going, <laughs> and she's like, oh, like, get away from me. And so she's all going, they're all going to try and see, get some food. He's just basically going, hello, quack, 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 quack. And she's basically trying to like shield him away, going like, go away, you idiot. And he's trying to like, pull out a worm from the ground. And every time he does, all the little chicks just basically steal it off him. And then they're all trying to get water and they're basically ignoring him. And it kind of reaches a point where she just basically tells him in no uncertain terms. Get out of town. But it wasn't it wasn't that song at all. It was um different different music. There once was an ugly duckling. Get out of get out of town. Yes, it's that classic song. But um no, and so basically what happens is there's a big old wind tornado and it sweeps uh, the the little barn where the mother hen and her chicks are lying. And so the ugly duckling saves them from that big old tornado. And then in the end, she accepts him as one of her children. And all he had to do was save his brothers and sisters' lives. Uh, that's, all. that's all it takes yep. to get her mother's love. I also watched The Country Cousin. So this one was, you know, do you remember the old story about the town mouse and the country mouse? And so no. you never heard of that story. So basically like the town mouse, he lives in a big old town, lights, cars, whatnot. And they've got the country mouse. They're related. So what happens is the town mouse invites the country mouse to come and stay with him in the big city. He's finding it difficult to adapt because he's a basically a country bumpkin. And he's finding it incredibly difficult. And then, yeah, so they're basically eating, and he has uh, a little bit of the bubbly, and uh, as a result, gets really, really drunk, and he's basically wakes the cat up. The cat is like chasing him around. He's like, you know what? I'm getting up out of here. I'm leaving, and I'm taking the midnight train to Georgia. 
Is that where the song comes from? No. Oh. But you do know the song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my, I was about to say, if you don't know that song. But yeah, basically, yeah, he's leaving for the midnight train to Georgia. So and that's what happens. And what else did I watch? I watched three orphan kittens, but this was quite rubbish, actually. This was basically three little cats who uh, come, come into a big old house and they're causing a ruckus, as little kittens do. And then you got the uh, the black maid coming in going, oh, lordy, you done messed up. Time to get these cats out of here. And then the little white girl comes, goes, oh, please don't throw them away. I'm going to make them my little babies. And I just thought, yeah, that's where Tom and Jerry got the idea of. Yeah, I was just thinking it sounds very. Mammy two shoes. I wrote down some select TV shows of uh, Disney or cartoons. Yeah. So I wrote DuckTales, which came out in uh, 1987 to 1990. Man, this show was incredible. The theme song was incredible. The new adventures or the newer DuckTales, I thought, like I said at the beginning, I thought the newer shows were really, really good. Yeah. There was a, like I said, there was an episode that you have to watch where um, they meet their mother. Three kids, they meet their mum, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I think that's their names. That sounds about right. <laughs> I hope it is, because I ain't going to go look it up. I hope it's right. If it ain't right, then uh, my bad. I ain't seen DuckTales in a minute. So uh, there you go. But no, but no, like this show, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't think we did it justice. So one of these days, we're going to run it back with DuckTales. And yeah. we're going to revisit. Yeah, we're going to do a, yeah, we're going to run it back with some of these shows. Chip and Dale. Oh my god, this was a cracking little cartoon with a cracking little theme song. I believe Tailspin. Which one was the spin off of DuckTales? Tailspin or Darkwing Duck? Or both? I don't know. I know Darkwing Duck was a spin off. I think, yeah, one of them was a spin off. And they both came out in the 90s. Goof Troop. That was a cartoon that I remember growing up. Um, Recess. Of course, everyone remembers Recess, right? And Pepperan, Pepperan. I, I like Pepperan, actually. Uh, me, too. me too, me too. I, 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 I like Pepperan. So um, in terms of uh, Mickey Mouse shorts, because I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. I watched a couple. Okay, so I watched one about a gorilla, and this, was, this made me laugh so much. So basically, Mickey is reading the newspaper going, there's a gorilla on the loose so he's thinking you know what let me go check up on my girl so he goes and he rings Minnie and he's going to Minnie look Minnie you better be careful there's a big old gorilla out on the loose and this is incredible and she's like I'm not scared of no gorilla like please and she goes to and obviously this is to prove that she's not scared she starts to play a tune on the piano She's going, la, 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 I'm not scared of no gorilla. And you got Mickey on the other side dancing. And he's on the other side of the phone going, da, 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 da. And they're basically having like a little singing dance moment, which was absolutely hilarious. Like I said, I love how Mickey dances. Like I'm like, you know, I'm not get it, Mickey. He's, you know, he's back crouched and he's doing his little, and he's, and so, and the gorilla comes to Minnie's house as he does, and she's like going, "Ah, ah, ah there's a gorilla! There's a gorilla! There's a gorilla!" And then 
What happens after that is Mickey comes to the rescue. They manage to fight the gorilla off. And yeah, that's how that one ended. Another one I watched was Mickey's having a really, really bad dream. So he dreams that someone takes Pluto. So this is like some really creepy... I don't even know how to describe it. A guy in a hood. He's taking uh, a witch doctor. That's it. So he's taking Pluto to his big old laboratory. And he wants to turn Pluto into a half dog, half bird breed. So he wants to, I think, take the wishbone from the dog and attach it onto the bird. So he can have like a super breed. And Mickey's going, that's how they talk in the, I don't even know why. And so he's going off to the laboratory and he manages to distract the witch doctor long enough. So he ends up getting tied up and he's like going, no, no, don't take me. No, no, no. And then he wakes up. It was a bad dream. And then he wakes up and he's like, Pluto, Pluto. And then Pluto's just basically outside in his little dog hut having a nap. Like, hell is you waking me up for? And uh, one that I remember from my childhood was Moving Day. So I think this was Mickey, Goofy and Minnie. I think they're moving, but they've got this evil landlord who's like, I don't know, making their life hella difficult. And it just reminds me when I was moving house and he's just like, ah, the stress of moving house. And he's just trying to throw everything into a suitcase. He's sitting on it and then he just blows up. <laughs> he's like in the air and a Daffy Duck short, I remember, where he can't close the tap. Donald Duck. Did I, what did I say? Daffy Duck. Daffy oh, Duck. Warner Brothers. Oh. <laughs> my bad. Daffy Duck. I do love Daffy Duck. <laughs> but no, yeah, uh, Donald Duck is he can't get to sleep because uh, the taps won't shut for him. So that was uh, he was another really fun character. I lo- I loved his like cameo appearances on Ducktales. Yeah, He's I think an utter goof. But uh, a lot of people like finding quite endearing, but a bit annoying to be honest. Especially the oh, voice. The tap episode was really annoying. I mean, I can see why it's sort of a bit funny, but it's just... Uh. I guess, yeah. I guess. And, uh... Right, I think we should do our top five for Disney now. And I think we should kick off with... Our top five Disney TV show. Seeing as you struggled with that, let's see what you've uh, come up with. So, at four, DuckTales. Um, at three... Pepperan, uh, and I guess man. Okay, so maybe recess at number two, and controversial, but like at number one, the Mandalorian, which is the um, Disney Star Wars spin-off of the Bounty Hunter kind of story. Um, it's not the Bounty Hunter, but it's um, it's a story about that um, traditional face and stuff. So it's a Star Wars story. Um, it's a series and it's made by Disney. My top five Disney TV shows were number five, Lizzie McGuire. I, I, I like this show. I kind of liked it and I was struggling. So, uh, 
Number four, Pepper Ann. Number three, Smart Guy. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two, Recess. And number one, of course, is DuckTales. Woo! Ooh. Every day they're up there making DuckTales. Okay, and the next one we'll do is the top five Disney films live action. So, Sister Act 2 was my number five. Yes, not Sister Act 1, but Sister Act 2. Sister Act 2 is awesome. That would be on my list, actually. Sister Act 1, because I don't think I've seen 2. Sister Act 2 is a million times better than 1. Number four was The Parent Trap. Number three, The Mighty Ducks. I haven't seen it for a very, very long time. So. Love The Mighty Ducks. Love a bit of Mighty Ducks. Number two was Mary Poppins. And number one, of course, had to be Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Okay, so I've got Cool Running, Saving Mr. Banks. Um, which one was the other one you said? Uh, Sister Act. And I'll leave it there. I'll have three. But yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to top five Disney Pixar. Pixar. Oh, okay. Um, Disney I, slash Pixar. Um, but this doesn't... Okay, cool. Yeah, so this... Right. Uh, this is tough because it's the, the, the list is so close, it's unbelievable. So... Um, um, I can't choose... Okay, Finding Nemo at five. Um. Toy Story at four, Wally at three, Monsters Inc. at two, and top is Inside Out. Inside Out destroyed me emotionally. Like it's, it, I love everything, and I've seen it about a hundred times, um, and it gets better and better. Right. So my top five Disney Pixar: number five, Moana; number four, Up. Number three, Toy Story 2. Number two, Toy Story 3. And number one, Toy Story. Toy Story 1. Yeah. Solid list. Um, okay, so let's go on now to the top five Disney films animation. Um, okay, so there's going to be a, a live action one in here, but I can't do anything about that now. So Cool Running, so I'll have to put in as number five because it's live action. Um, um, Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Mulan. Who? Mulan. The Basil. Oh, Basil, the great master detective. I've never you... heard of that. It, I, so when we were younger, our parents bought us each a Disney film, and Basil, the great master detective, was my film. Unlucky. Um, no, it was. I loved it. It had like, um, there's a character called Rattigan who thinks he's like a mouse and doesn't like to be called a rat, and he's he's, he's a rat, and and all the, yeah, and there was uh, Fidget, the bat with one leg, and oh my god, it was great. Um. Yeah, so Basil Great, uh, Basil Great Master, Cool Runnings, Basil Great Master Active, Mulan, um, Emperor's New Groove, which is just such a, an amazing movie, and then top of the list, and it's got to be top of everyone's list, surely, is The Lion King. It ain't on the top of my list. So my top five Disney films animation. So number five is The Little Mermaid. Number four is Beauty and the Beast. Number three is 101 Dalmatians. Number two is The Lion King. And number one is Mulan. Oh, solid. Now, with the new Mulan, I mean, I think the new Mulan can get stuffed considering where it was filmed. Because I love when the new Mulan came out and we're going, oh, the Disney Mulan. I was like, oh, well, 
you know, all of that criticism about the Disney Mulan because it might not have followed the story of Far Mulan to the letter, but at least they didn't film it where they're killing Muslims. So uh, uh, keeping them in in concentration camps. Yeah, so uh, they got you beat there. Live action Mulan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the cartoon one was great there. It was, and it had a great theme song or the great soundtrack, which uh, brings us nicely to this next one. So, what are your top five Disney songs? Uh, this is a tough one as well. Okay, so let it go at number five because it's the most catchiest Disney song I think that came out in like twenty years. Let uh, it go, please. Yeah, from, um, let's get down to business. Four from Milan. Called "I'll Make a Man Out of You." Oh, it's always called. Yep. I'll make a man. Oh, make it. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Hakuna Matata, number three. Uh, you've got a friend in me at number two. I think it's such a great little song, right? Um, and the top top one. And I dare you to find a better intro to a movie than this song, uh, "Circle of Life." But the moment the sun breaks over the uh, over the horizon and it's like ah! I was like oh my god ah! good list good list okay so my top five Disney songs in at number five it's Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo from Cinderella that's a cracking little song um, number four Once Upon a Dream in Sleeping Beauty yep number three Gaston in Beauty and the Beast no one drinks like Gaston no one sleeps like Gaston number two is be prepared be prepared that is such a <laughs> tune oh my god i was i was listening to it so just before one thing recorded. i love scar one thing really interesting about that sequence is there's a film and i don't want this to turn, take a turn for the dark side but this there's a film uh called triumph too late of the, too late i love scar but there's a, there's a film called triumph of the will by lenny riefenstahl and that was uh, adolf hitler's cinematographer right whoa and it's a very famous famous film um it's all about it's nazi propaganda and it's all about obviously like the the thing and it's got that scene that you just said about be prepared has got direct comparison scenes from that film ah i can't like that song anymore now you done ruined that song for me come on you just ruined the you ruined a nice song for me I mean, it's, st- it's still quite damn. like, it's still a good song. If it's, it's a, a good Nazi sequence. song, then damn. We have to... no, it's not a Nazi song. It's just a Nazi sequence. It's showing how bad they are. The hyenas are the Nazis. Spoiler alert. And number one is I'll Make a Man Out of You in Mulan. That is just big song, big tune. And uh, some honorable mentions. Of course, Cruella de Vil. <laughs> Desperately unlucky not to make my top five. Desperately unlucky. Uh, Bella Note from Lady and the Tramp. That's a really nice song. Little April Shower from Bambi. We talked about earlier. And obviously, Whistle While You Work. Just Whistle While You Work. I think you've gone quite classic with your choices in general. And I've gone like more modern. I'm old, I'm old school, man. I mean, my honourable mention on the Pixar films was Cars. <laughs> yeah, look at you with your acting brand new, picking new shows. <laughs> I'm old haired me. I'm 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 pick the classics. 
You can't, you can't, you can't beat the classics. Yeah, I'm trying to think. When did? Yeah, my my God, my list is for songs is really old. Yeah, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, nineteen fifty. Once Upon a Dream, nineteen fifty nine. Gaston, ninety one. Be Prepared, ninety four. I'll Make a Man at You, ninety eight. Bella Note, 1955, Cruella de Vil, 1961, Lil April Shower, 1940s. Woo! I'm an old man. What do you want? Um, and last but not least, top five Disney characters. Right. So this is like quite. I know you're not going to like my list. So um, the five is Meta from uh, uh, Cars. Um, and all of mine seem to be the sidekick. I don't, apart from two, I guess. Wally, Wally is at number four. Mushu at three. Mike Kowalski at two. And at number one is. I was is, wondering when that fool was going to make an appearance. I love Mike Kowalski. <laughs> um, Monsters Inc. is so overrated. Uh, I don't disagree. I love it. I can watch it. So overrated. I could watch it every day, I think. Uh, I like the, so the, the, overrated. <laughs> the abominable snowman. Uh, that, that sequence <laughs> where they're outside. Um, uh, anyway, and my top one is um, Woody. How did Woody not even make my list? I think I've gone, again, I've gone classic. So my list of top five Disney characters. So in at number five is Scar. Bit unfortunate not to go further up the list. Number four was Mushu. So number three is Jiminy Cricket in Pinocchio. Number two was Roger in 101 Dimensions. So yeah, I had to bring it back. I had to uh, either put 101 Dimensions in my top five, or I had to put Roger in my top five. So I went with Roger. Because he probably wrote the hit of the century with Cruella DeVille. Made a, made a million with that song, and he fully deserves it. And my number one character is, of course, Mickey Mouse. I'm sorry, it's that little, it's that little dance that he does. It's what, uh, it's what won it for me. So uh... Yeah, he's um, a bit irritating for me, especially in the modern day, at, like the whole... Disney parks and stuff, but <laughs> one thing about the Disney parks is like the Disney parks are incredible. They're they're just amazing. Like there's oh, that's like, thinking of Disneyland. So Disneyland yeah. Florida, Disneyland Park. I couldn't think of Disneyland when I was talking about the amusement park. I kept calling it amusement park. Yeah, the, I was going to say like Universal Studio, but it's got because you've got Paris, Florida, and California, right? I'm sure, and I think there's one in yeah. China Probably. somewhere. But anyway, these parks are just incredible. They're like perfect little worlds that you can get lost in. Yeah. Probably literally get lost as well. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, they're amazing. Definitely one for the uh, the bucket list. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to, as soon as um, my boy's old enough, I'd love to take him. As soon as he's old enough to appreciate it. Like, um, old enough to, you know, to recognize the characters and to not just be you know not bothered about whether we're there or down the park on a thing uh roundabout <laughs> right i think we're all top fived out i'm not forgetting any am i no i, th- I think you're good but i've got a little quiz and you got to guess who um you got to guess who said the quote right and so some of them i i've i've got three good ones i think and then the rest are 
a bit some a bit tougher anyway so uh do you want me to do the um the voices or shall i just say the quote as normal say the quote as normal and okay. if i can't guess it then you can do the voice so remember who you are oh mufasa like yeah you. Nice so easy. i've already given this one away but i i, I ring the gong Oh, Mushu, Mulan. <laughs> and um, okay, okay, Francis. Or Francis is the, how they say it. Beauty and the Beast? No. It's about cats. Oh, Aristocats. And it's not Aristocats. There's the only other cats one I can think of. Nah. Oliver, this is Tito from Oliver and Company. Yeah, I ain't never seen that. Right, so this one is one you've mentioned earlier from the film you mentioned earlier and it's always let conscience be your guide bambi no pinocchio yes yeah it's the fairy godmother saying it to the fairy saying it to um pinocchio yeah uh easy one because he's a lying git isn't he <laughs> yeah <laughs> um just keep swimming finding nemo yes and it's dory that says it because she always forgets things and all she has to remember is just keep swimming. Think happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. And a clue is it enables you to do something if you think happy thoughts. I've no idea. Peter Pan. They can fly when they think happy thoughts. How did Peter Pan not make our list at all? I mean, I haven't seen it for quite some yeah, time. Um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I de definitely liked it as a kid. I mean, it's obviously all those stories about it. the kids are dead, um, the, the mum drugged them when they went out. I mean, that actually happened. The mum drugged them and then went out with the dad to dinner or wherever they went, right? Um, the flower what? that blooms the kids in, in Peter Pan. They drug them before they go to bed so that they could go out to the to wherever they're going. And that's the whole thing about the kids are dead and they... they they all died of an overdose, and that's why they went to Neverland. Um, anyway, uh, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all. That's Mulan, isn't it? Yeah, boy. I saw that on the train somewhere. You said that oh. the king. Yeah, the emperor, yeah. Oh, the emperor. Okay. Okay, another one. Um, oh, yes, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Sword in the stone. Nope. We've already done this film, but it's a really good quote, so I wanted to say it again. Well, say the film. The film gets two. Say the quote again. Oh yes, the past can. The, the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it, and I think it's culturally inappropriate for me to do the accent. It's from The Lion King, said by Rafiki. Yeah, and finally, um, the quote is, and you probably won't know this because I don't think you like this film nearly as much. Um, that's me. And the the quote is, uh, take her to the moon for me, okay? No idea. Uh, so this is from Inside Out, and it's what Bing Bong says to... I didn't say I didn't like Inside Out. I just, I don't think I've seen it. No, I said nearly as much as me. Like, because this is like one of my most favorite movies. And there's so many things about it that I absolutely love. And this is one of the moments that... So a little anecdote, I was on a plane and I'd, I've already watched this movie. And I think... I'd watch it to my destination and I was coming back and I noticed that the guy next to me who I was, I was traveling with had watched, was watching the movie and he got to this bit and I was like, this guy, this, this bit in this movie is going to destroy this guy. It's going to destroy any man. 
And so I, I sat back in my seat and I just took my headphones off and I watched his reaction to this moment in the film. And he just put his hand across his, across his mouth. And was like, <gasps> And I was like, oh, it got him as well. And it's brilliant. And then there's another guy watching it on my other side who I was also traveling with. And I watched him do the same moment. And he, but the thing is, he knew I was watching him. <laughs> and he was sat there so still for such a long time. And then all of a sudden, he just put his head in his face and started rubbing his eyes. I was like, yeah, it got you. And in true British style, I bet you didn't even say a word to him, did you? Yeah, I was with him. I was traveling with him. I love Inside Out. I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> I might have to go watch it then. I, I would recommend it. Cool. And on that note, we will bring the 50th episode to an end. It's uh, back to our regularly scheduled podding. So it's uh, the last week of our schools month. So... Uh, yeah, so you got that to look forward to uh, next time around. But um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I know it's not technically the 50th episode because you had um, one or two things that I've dropped here and there. I'm also going to drop the episode that we did on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air to celebrate the 30th anniversary. So uh, watch out for that and uh, give it a listen if you didn't listen to it when we spoke about it last year. That was a really uh, fun, interesting episode. So definitely look out for that. And uh, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. All around the world. So wherever you are around the world and you're downloading and listening, I thank you all very, very much. And uh, Yesterday's Capers is also on the socials on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. We're on Instagram at yesterday's capers one on twitter it's yesterday capers you can follow me on insta at abdullah underscore molim and on twitter it's abdullah molim all one word give me a holler give me a shout and uh, join us next time for another episode of yesterday's capers